How we looking? Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. My name is Grant Bills. I am the medium unit. That's what I'm coining myself. The average unit. I have not reached the stature of the big unit. Not even close, but you know, I'm, I'm helping out. I'm filling in, and I produce this show on the D2D, the day-to-day basis. Bill will be back next Monday, so it'll be exciting to hear about his vacation, maybe some beard arts. Now that Bill's a beard arts guy, we learned last week, I bet Bill's really knocking some back. I bet he's topping everyone. If you play beard arts, you know, when you when you hit a couple in a row, they're, God, that's, an, that's, a, that's a feeling that gets you amped. It's like bowling a couple strikes in a row and you turn around and walk back to the table. You feel like the man. You top a couple of people in in beard arts in a row and you really start feeling yourself. There's no better feeling. So I hope Bill, whether through beard arts or whether, you know, it's through something else on his vacation, I hope he's having that feeling and I hope he's having a good vacation. I'm excited for Bill to be back. Talk to him on Monday. If you're just joining the show, I know some affiliates join at 11 o'clock. Man, I hope you're having an awesome day. And I would love to talk to you. We got all the time in the world. I host a two-hour show every night, uh, which I will be hosting tonight and tomorrow. And you're going to hear some guests and some takes and some things that you're not hearing on this show. I might replay Andy Herman on my show tonight because that was really good. But my show every night from four to six is two hours. So it's it's ground and pound. It's turn and burn from four to six. It's fast. We're bouncing over here. Let's talk to Eric on I-90. Now we're arguing about where up north is. Ooh, Shohei Otani's on the block. And the show's done. It's so fast. Four-hour show, we have a chance to lay out a little bit. It's it's like jazz, a lot of space. Sometimes in jazz, it's about the notes that you don't play. Not the notes that you play, but the notes you choose not to play. And when you're hosting a four-hour show with a lot more space, I feel a lot more jazzy. So we have plenty of time to chat. If you want to call in, I'm not going to run you off the phone after 30 seconds. I'd love to talk Packers or Brewers or maybe the ESPYs moved something in you last night and you really... You really want to talk about. I only saw about 15 minutes of the SBs last night, and I luckily saw 15 minutes where Drew Holiday and, and his wife Lauren Holiday got an award, and it was really cool. And I said back at 10 o'clock to open the show, and I, I guess I'll say it again in case anybody missed it. Um, really, really feeling gracious that the state of Wisconsin and Milwaukee, which, you know, Milwaukee has its warts like any big city, any city has warts. You know, the smallest town in Wisconsin has warts, something that the the citizens uh, and the residents are looking to address and looking to fix and the local government's working to fix. And, and that's true of every town, whether it's 200 people or 2 million people. And, you know, Milwaukee, like any other city, is not perfect. And, and there's issues, especially, you know, recently. And again, I'm not trying to dump on Milwaukee. I'm just saying, you know. Youth have really been into fighting in Milwaukee. Like, why do I always see kids about teenagers just beating each other up in public places in Milwaukee? And I don't mean to laugh, but kids are just into fighting. And I, I, I just think that the state as a whole and the city of Milwaukee is really lucky to have Drew Holiday as a role model and Lauren. And, you know, all, all too often we're talking about Drew's three-point shooting numbers and his defense and you know, his effectiveness in, in the pick and roll and, and defending this player versus that player and, you know, I don't really love award shows, the ESPYs included, but it was cool to see them humanized and to hear their story and, and the story of Lauren's brain tumor while she was pregnant and then the bubble and the pandemic, you know, firing up just as they're trying to start a family. And I know that's not an experience unique to just athletes. There are many people who went through hardships, especially in 2020 when that time was was especially stressful. So I don't mean to put celebrities on a pedestal. I, it's not what I'm trying to do. It was cool to see the human side of of a player who we've certainly been frustrated with, a player that we've certainly enjoyed playing for the Bucks and Drew Holiday and his wife, Lauren. So that was really cool watching the ESPYs last night. And then I got sick of it and watched something else because 
Watching rich and famous people get awards, it wears on you, doesn't it? It's just like, okay, so you guys are great. You're all telling each other you're great. Back here in real world USA, we're dealing with our own problems. The farmers finally got some rain. You don't hear, hear us getting on a stage, celebrating it, handing out an award. We just go back to work, go back to our, our nine to five. Award shows are pretty, they're stuffy, but it was cool. I'm glad I saw the, the holidays get their award last night. I believe it was the Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award. That was pretty cool. An inspirational couple of minutes for sure. And I've seen the clip on Twitter. I retweeted it at Wisco Grant if you missed it last night, as I'm sure many of you did. 608-321-1670. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Bill Michaels Show. Who's this? I quit both shows. Goodbye for good. All right. All right. Bye, Charlie. Thanks. Appreciate the call. So, Charlie, how it works is, you know, you call. I say hello. You say something about sports. We go back and forth. We have some laughs. Then you hang up. It was a little dark. You're bidding the show goodbye. Uh, worried about you, Charlie. Go sit in your jacuzzi we learned about earlier this week. Go have a beer. Go, go sit in your jacuzzi, Charlie. I hope everything's okay. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. That's the number, 608-321-1670. Started the show, like I said, talking about the SBs. Also talking about the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. I'm not even convinced the Shohei Otani sweepstakes exists. We heard from John Mozeliak, the president of the Cardinals, unless I was baited on Twitter. Let me do a quick search to make sure that was not just a bait that I saw last night in some fake news. He said out loud, we're going to trade people, right? I'm, I'm looking at the quote right now. We're going to trade people. Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, via KTVI Fox 2. Is anyone a big, I'm assuming that's Fox in St. Louis. Does anyone watch KTVI? No, Fox 2. I'm just going to assume that's real. The Cardinals are coming out and saying, we are going to trade people. We are going to sell. With the Angels, who lost some eight or nine odd games out of ten going into the break, they have uh, said no such thing. They have not come out and said, well, Otani, you know, we'll listen. Or They're not going to trade Mike Trout, but maybe some other players on the roster because they're no good, at least not right now. They're out of the playoff race. They have not come out and said that there is a Shohei Otani sweepstakes. I think the sports media does this. Sometimes we did it for years with Damian Lillard where we're like, well, the Blazers aren't any good. Dame, Dame might request a trade. The Blazers might try to trade him. So let's just operate and talk about things as if that's going to happen. Let's, t- let's talk about Damian Lillard as if he's going to request a trade or as if the Blazers are going to trade him. And we've done that for years and years. Now, this is the offseason that he finally did request a trade. And because we've talked about it before, I, I feel like Damian Lillard has requested a trade every year for the last five years because it's all anybody's been able to talk about. I get it. It's fun for sports radio. It's fun to talk about hypotheticals. I don't know how much fire there is to the Shohei Otani smoke. We heard the Mariners and the Mariners fans on Tuesday night chanting, come to Seattle, come to Seattle. Shohei Otani. So I think he wants to be on the West Coast. It's been reported he likes being on the West Coast. I don't know if that's because... He's closer to Japan in the event that he wants to travel home, or there's just probably more Japanese immigrants on the Western coast. Of course, it's across the Pacific, although there are Japanese folks everywhere. Probably more in Los Angeles or Seattle than there are in St. Louis. But we've gotten to the point now where, you know, immigration happened, you know, 100 plus years ago. There are folks of all walks and all nationalities everywhere. But Shohei Otani has mentioned he wants to be on a bigger city, wants to be on the West Coast. Although Buster only said this morning, the Yankees are the most likely team to acquire Shohei Otani. This is the audio. Again, I don't know what this sourcing is. This might just be conversation for the sake of conversation, which we do on sports radio sometimes. That's fine. I just, 
I want the distinction to be made, I guess. I want to be told, I think it will be the Yankees, not I'm hearing it will be the Yankees. There's a big difference. Either way, it's interesting to talk about. If Otani is traded yes. before the deadline, what teams would be most likely to go after him? Well, you start with the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, <laughs> the Rangers, the Rays. Maybe a small handful of teams, but there's no doubt. You talked with sources yesterday. They see the Yankees potentially being the most motivated because Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, they're middle-aged players right in the, the prime of their careers. This is the Yankees' window to win now. You bring in Otani, suddenly the Yankees' rotation with him involved looks so strong. Otani hitting in Yankee Stadium, which favors left-handed sluggers. That's uh, something I'm sure the Yankees would be willing to pay for if Otani is made available by the Angels. If Otani is traded yes. before the deadline... I turned off my microphone and not the... <laughs> And not, and not the audio buster only. Sorry about that. That was just a 30-second clip. It was on SportsCenter this morning. Or get up, I suppose, technically. Not that it makes a difference. The Angels should not do this. Do not trade Otani. Do not fall victim to the type of thinking that plagues so many baseball fans and so many baseball executives. Do not fall victim to the logic and the school of thought of, well, we got to trade him before we lose him for nothing. You hear people say this all the time. Brewers fans, I hear it all the time. Well, we got to trade player XYZ. Otherwise, we might lose him for nothing in free agency. Look, I agree. It's not good practice to acquire players and then just let them go. You know, you do need to keep your farm system replenished. And you often do that by trading veteran players, trading proven players for prospects. I get it, okay? But so many baseball fans are petrified and they walk around their day-to-day -day lives concerned that this player one day is going to leave the team in free agency and we will get nothing in return stop thinking that way stop approaching life stop approaching baseball that way Corbin Burns is on the team this year and if the Brewers do not move him this offseason he's on the team next year albeit at a higher arbitration number however the Brewers won their arbitration case last year and Corbin Burns has taken a step back in 2023 so if I'm betting on arbitration cases which by the way how elite would that be if if FanDuel or DraftKings you could go to the MLB Sportsbook team futures player futures win totals arbitration there we go the Brewers are minus 110 to win their arbitration case against Corbin Burns that's a bet I would make for this upcoming offseason. So if the Brewers want to keep Corbin Burns for the remainder of his contract it would be through the rest of this year and through next year that's what you get. That's not nothing. You're not losing him for nothing. You are getting Corbin Burns on your team for the rest of this year and for the rest of next year. That's something. That's not nothing. That's something. What you're getting is you get the player on your team. You get to watch him. You get to eat innings with him. You get to buy his jersey. You get to go watch him at the game. That's not nothing. And if he leaves in free agency next offseason, which would almost certainly be the case if the Brewers choose to retain him through this season and through next year, they're not losing him for nothing. They will have had Corbin Burns as a starting pitcher for years and years and years. You don't need to trade him to avoid losing him for nothing. The Angels should not trade Shohei Otani for fear of losing him for nothing. Now, they might lose him in free agency, but Shohei Otani is the best player in the world right now, and he might be well on his way to becoming one of the best baseball players of all time. I'm not a baseball historian. I don't remember stats. I'm not someone who can tell you, well, this player once won... 24 games in 1983 and he had an ERA of 0.98. Like those things just don't stick in my head. Okay. I'm a conversation leader. I'm, I'm a sports talk radio host. And if I need stats, 
If I need expertise, I will Google them and write them down or I'll have a guest on. This is not something off the top of my head. So I could not give you the all-time ranking of Shohei Otani as he stands currently on July 13th, 2023. But he is the best player in baseball, a special talent, absolute Broadway. I mean, this guy is this guy is major league. An attraction that you want on your team, and he's outstanding. And because he pitches and hits, you get more bang for your buck. Corbin Burns, you're getting him every couple of days. Shohei Otani, yeah, you get him starting every couple of days, but you're getting him hitting, playing DH. I mean, you're getting the most bang for your buck with Shohei Otani that you could get with any superstar player. If I'm a baseball executive, rule of thumb, uh, if I have the best player in the sport on my team, I'm not trading him. And I think that should be true for basketball. I think that should be true in the NFL, although there are some exceptions. As a quarterback gets older, as a player gets older, okay, well, maybe it's time to move off. See Peyton Manning, see Aaron Rodgers, see Tom Brady, although I think if the Patriots could go back and do it again, I I don't know if they would have done that that deal. I don't know if they would have let him walk in free agency. I don't know. But if, if the best player in the league, if the best player in the sport is on my team, I don't care if his contract is up at the end of the year. I'm not trading him. I do everything I can to win with that player, embrace that player, show that player that they are appreciated and respected, and I pay that player as much money as I can in effort to keep him. And you know what? If that player leaves, too bad, so sad. But I'm not, as a GM, pushing the button to get rid of him. If he leaves on his own accord and by his own motivation, fine. But I'm not going to be the general manager that traded away Shohei Otani. And like when LeBron was coming towards the end with the Cavs, they're not trading him. You kidding me? If he leaves for nothing, if he walks for nothing, all right, fine. But I'm not. I'm not trading LeBron James. I feel like Shohei Otani is untradeable. Even if the Angels don't think they're in the playoff race, and right now they're not, I think that can change. But right now, it's not like they're leading their division. I think you keep them. You don't trade a player who is the best in the world at what they do. You don't do it. Another unwritten rule that I would follow as a, as a general manager. Well, I'd write it down. I'd make it a written rule. You don't trade your all-star closer slash franchise cornerstone while in first place. Another thing you don't do. Being, a, being an executive isn't that hard. Being a general manager isn't that hard. You just follow a couple simple rules. If you have the best player in the world, don't trade him. If you have an all-star closer, franchise cornerstone, your team's leading the division, don't trade him. Maybe wait until the offseason. Wait a couple months. Then it's a, then it's a different conversation. I don't know. Don't trade Shohei Otani. That'd be so lame. So lame. And it would be another application of a, of a school of thought in baseball that I just think is the worst. I think it sucks to say we should trade a player before we lose them for nothing. Sometimes you lose players for, for nothing. And compensation speaking, and again, I don't think they would lose Corbin Burns for nothing if he leaves in free agency after next season because they get him as a pitcher the rest of this year and the rest of next year. You're not losing Shohei Otani for nothing in the offseason if he departs in free agency and chooses a different team. Because you will have had him on your team all year. That's the something. That's the thing that you're getting. Forget about two prospects in return that may or may not be anything. You get Shohei freaking Otani on your roster for the rest of the year. Not trading him. I'm not doing it. And I think ultimately Otani will be with the Dodgers. Maybe the Mariners. I don't know. Seattle's a cool place. Uh, Adam Shine was saying on CBS Sports Radio yesterday or today that Shohei Otani spends a lot of time in the offseason in Seattle. It's a place that he likes. I like Seattle, too. Insert, you know, political joke. Oh, they poop in the street. Yeah, but the ocean's nice. You know, Puget Sound's really cool. I'd live in Seattle. Shohei Otani, West Coast. I, I think, and I don't know this to be true. I don't want to speak in generalities, but I'm pretty sure there's a large Japanese 
population. It's the West Coast, right? That's where a lot of those folks that immigrated settled. So if Shohei Otani wants to feel at home and, and he wants to be on the West Coast, Seattle maybe makes a lot of sense. I don't think he wants to be a Yankee. He didn't want to be a Yankee the first time around. We we act like we haven't already done this with Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani was a free agent when he came to this country. He selected the athletics, or not the athletics, although that would be funny. <laughs> they sell the stadium, pay for Shohei. He signed with the Angels. He signed with the Angels once. If I'm running the Los Angeles Angels, I'm thinking, well, why couldn't he do it again? If we play our cards right, get a little lucky, why couldn't he do it again? I'm not trading the best player in the sport if he's on my roster. If he walks for nothing in free agency, despite our best efforts, well, fine. I can sleep at night. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that I traded Shohei Otani. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Bill Michaels Show. Who's this? Oh, this is Richard from Rhinelander. Richard and Rhinelander up north. What's going on, Richard? Well, we're getting ready for the snow to come in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we're getting we're getting down to it. Packers training camp means it's that time of year, right? Yeah, I look forward to that. You miss the snow, huh? Calling, well, we're it may not come by by the middle of September this year. I gotcha. Farmer's Almanac maybe says so. What were you going to say? Sorry, yeah. I cut you off. Well, any, anyway, uh, what I was going to say is, uh, you think there would be any possibility with Yelich doing as well as he's doing that maybe some team would want to take over his contract now and the, the Brewers could get out from underneath that? Do you want to trade him? If there was another team that was no. willing to offer the Brewers a, a fine package, a couple good prospects, but nothing amazing, you would want to do that? No. no what I'd want to do is, Look at the con because we've been talking for years now since his injury mm-hmm. and his decline that that's a burden on the team. And if you thought that wasn't true, then uh, getting rid of him now, even though he might not help this year, it wouldn't help us or help the Brewers this year. It might help them in the future with the extra money it would free up. You're not wrong. I think that's. I think that's what's going to prevent a trade. Is it not only is Christian Yelich on the books for, you know, however many more years, seven, eight, nine years, whatever it is, and then they've deferred a lot of his salary too, so they're going to be paying him money. And I can look it up. I'll put the research department on this over the next break. They're going to okay. be paying him for decades. I just don't know if a team, no matter how well Christian Yelich is playing, I just don't know if a team is willing to take that on. All right. Well, I, I just thought that might be something that some team might dumb enough to do maybe hey there's a lot of suckers out there you only got to find one richard you know yep that's that's what they say yeah you just got to find one dumb person one dumb team to take a contract appreciate the call hope everything's well up in rhinelander oh we're we're doing fine heck yeah appreciate you richard thanks for the call all the way up in rhinelander and thanks for listening i'm on twitter at wisco grant let's talk a little bit about yelich coming up maybe not about the idea of trading him although i think it's an important question and i think it's a worthwhile topic that Richard just brought up. Let's talk about Yelich. Not only the success that he's having this year, but let's compare the success to what he did in 18 and 19. We'll consider what he did the last couple of years, and we can consider now what he's bringing to the Brewers past good batting average and and some run production here and there. I think Yelich's resurgence this year has done so much more and, and done a lot of things that maybe don't show up in the stat book. So we'll talk about that coming up next. It's the Bill Michaels Show, and we're back in three minutes. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Pella. Hi. It's come to my attention. I need new windows. You do? 
Hey, sweetie, what's this? My art project. Honey, it's rotten. We need to toss it. Then why do we have to keep our rotten windows, Dad? Well, you came to the right place. Pell has a limited lifetime warranty on our wood windows, so this doesn't happen again. Thank you. Visit PellaWI.com today. How we looking? It's the Bill Michaels Show. I hate everything. Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee Show today. And I don't hate that. I actually enjoy when Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee Show. Look, for all the belly aching we do about Rodgers and, you know, some of the things that he says and the attention that he grabs and, you know, if you think he's a distraction or, or whatever, sure. I will never rip on Aaron Rodgers for being open and honest with the media. And as someone who works in the media, I'll air quote media, I'm not in press conferences with a microphone, you know, looking to get the truth out of people. I host a radio show, okay? I'm an entertainer. But I do appreciate the openness and the honesty of Aaron Rodgers to take the time after every game and in every press conference to answer questions from the media thoroughly and thoughtfully. He's not up there giving stock phrases. And well, take it day by day. You know, we're going we're gonna, to, one day at a time, just one foot in front of the other. You know, we're just looking to get better every day. You don't hear that from Aaron Rodgers. Now, some of you maybe wish that you heard that from Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Packers coaches sometimes wish. It's like, can you just give the crummy cliche answers? Do you have to open the book every time you get asked a question? Well, as a fan and a Packers owner and a radio host, I actually appreciate that Rodgers is open and honest and takes his time to thoughtfully give you an answer and, uh, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit. Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show today. I'm not upset about it. I'm upset that I'm blocked by Pat McAfee on Twitter, so I don't see it. Now I'm seeing residual tweets from other people, and quotes. I, I didn't even get blocked by Pat McAfee for, I wasn't even being aggressive towards Pat McAfee. It's not like I was, hey, your show sucks. You know, you you and you and Rodgers uh, why don't you talk about psychedelics more, you bunch of losers? You were a punter and you sucked, McAfee. I'm not, I'm not talking smack. What I did was, and I don't regret it because it was funny, I took screenshots of the Pat McAfee show when Rodgers was on it, like everyone else did, because very often, you know, the Packers beat would tune in Pat McAfee to see what Aaron Rodgers said, and then Rodgers would say something about Matt LaFleur. For example, Pat would say, uh, Aaron, uh, Matt LaFleur uh, chose a punt in this situation. What'd you think? What'd you think of Sunday's game? And Rodgers would say, uh, well, I would have preferred to do this, but Matt LaFleur is the coach, and I didn't disagree with the uh, the decision, and it worked out for us. We got the win. And what would happen is Packers beat reporters would take the screenshot of Rodgers and McAfee and A.J. Hawk, and then they type that quote out and they tweet it. This is kind of give you an update. Hey, here's what Rodgers said on the McAfee show today, and here's a picture to go along with it. So what I would do is I would start, I would start taking screenshots of the Pat McAfee show and putting fake quotes obviously fake quotes with them satire right I will I will pull up a few there's a bunch of them and they must have gotten I, I guess I don't know what the problem was with it but that it got blocked uh and I'll scroll through here and find a couple of these <laughs> they're so bad uh February 14th screenshot of Aaron Rodgers quote 290 million is a small price to pay to keep the Brewer Stadium in good shape I have no problem with it as long as Ryan Braun's number eight is retired soon. At Aaron Rodgers on at Pat McAfee show. 
Another one says, quote, Bronny was a victim of cancel culture long before it was cool. It's a shame. He only did what he did to stay healthy for the fans. At Aaron Rodgers 12 on at Pat McAfee show. There's so many of these. And at some point they must have got sick of it and they blocked me. It's so, so, so dumb. Quote, Josh Hader only has a few elite years left. However, the new X-Golf phase in left field will pay dividends for years to come. At Aaron Rodgers. At Pat McAfee show. Maybe I would have blocked me for this too. They probably got sick of it. They're obviously fake. I'm not lying. I'm not spreading misinformation. I'm just making jokes. You know what happened to being able to make jokes on the internet? Everyone got so darn sensitive these last couple of years. Elon bought Twitter. He said he was going to restore comedy. He was going to make comedy legal again. Well then, Elon, get Pat McAfee to unblock me. I am a voice for Wisconsin sports today. I'm on Bill's network statewide, and I cannot provide adequate and accurate coverage because Matt, Pat McAfee got his feelings hurt and blocked my Twitter account. It's not even, I wasn't even tweeting. I like the show. I find them entertaining. And now I'm going to have to log into one of my spare accounts. I won't say burners. That makes it sound so negative. One of my spare accounts so I can actually go see what he said. Aaron Rodgers could be on the Pat McAfee show right now. And he could be saying, I was listening to Bill My- or the Bill Michaels show this week. And I tell you what, that Austin guy and that Grant guy, they do a bang up job. What a fine addition to Bill's program. He could have said that. I wouldn't know. I'm blocked. Can't see the quotes. This is mostly just me complaining about something that affects none of you. So sorry to bring you into this. We got a call about Christian Yelich before the break. It was Richard and Rhinelander, who sounded cool, calm, and collected. He sounded like he was relaxed and laid back up in the Northwoods, and I am jealous of Richard for that. Basically asked, now that Yelich is playing well, Yelich is hitting the ball, could we maybe find some poor sucker to take him and take his contract before the trade deadline? Short answer, no, I don't think we can, because that contract is massive, and it's going to be paid out for a long, 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 long time. And I said I would put the research department on this. I forgot. The research department had to go to the bathroom over the last break. The research department is me. But I can look up Yelich's salary cap sheet right now, and I'm pretty sure this will show that they're going to be paying him. Through 2029, there's a team mutual option in 2029, but there's $28 million deferred, $4 million per year, and that's going to keep going through 20. 20- 42. The Brewers will pay Christian Yelich 2.3 million every year starting in 2031 through 2042. My God. Jordan Love, by that time, will have won one Super Bowl. We will be have become sick of him, and the Packers will be looking to move on him. About that time. So that's how long we're going to be paying Christian Yelich. Think of the same career that Favre had, the same career that Rodgers had. Add another one of those careers in for Jordan Love. And by the time that career is coming down and winding down, and Jordan Love will probably have befriended some player who started a a radio show similar to uh, Pat McAfee, it'll probably be like, I don't know, who's some big character. Maybe Travis Kelsey. He'll probably befriend Travis Kelsey, who will have some massive radio show that will have probably also blocked me for some reason. By that time in 2042, Christian Yelich's contract will finally be paid in full. And I know it's a small price, but $2.3 million for a team like the Brewers? That's not nothing. Think of how many Jesse Winkers you could sign with all that, all that money over the years. I don't think you can find a team to take Yelich, and even if you could, I don't think I want to do it because Yelich is more valuable to the Brewers than he would be to the Dodgers or the Yankees. And we've felt his value. We've felt what he means to this team the last couple of weeks. Because post-2019... 
post Yelich hurting his knee and post 2020 and 2021 when Yelich wasn't very good and, and last year as well, 2022, I think we forgot how much we actually really like Christian Yelich and how much we like cheering for him and how much we like seeing him succeed. Watching him in 2018 and 2019 was awesome because there was a guy in the batting order that no matter if the Brewers were playing well or playing poorly, if they were hot or cold, there was a guy in the batting order that we could look forward to throughout the game. If we were watching at home on Valley Sports Wisconsin, we could check the little preview before the inning and you say, do up this inning, Christian Yelich. And we say, oh, I, I can't miss that. Even if some slapdash pitcher is on the mound, and even if some random, dumb, meaningless Tuesday night game in Pittsburgh in the middle of the summer, we could always look forward to Christian Yelich at bats. And he was the guy we could wear his jersey. He was our face of our franchise. And the idea of getting that back, we've kind of got that back a little bit the last few weeks. A guy in the lineup that I can look forward to. That's been a complaint I've had about the Brewers this year. When I listen to the game in the car, or when I watch it, it's just so much of the same one spot to the next in the batting order. It doesn't feel like when you get back to the one, the two spot, it didn't feel like, oh, thank God, now we got our good hitters coming up. Oh, no, no, now we just have our bigger name hitters who are also hitting 205 coming up. At the bottom of the lineup, we have hitters hitting 205. They're just not big names. They're Owen Miller and you know guys like that. Now we get to the top of the order. Oh, it's Willie Adamas, who's also hitting 205, but it's Willie Adamas at least. Now we have... You know, a player who's actually going to maybe give us something and we can look forward to a Yelich at bat. I think Yelich playing the way that he's played the last couple of weeks, has excited Brewers fans, given us something to kind of wrap our arms around once again, something that we haven't had since 2019. And there's a ton of value in that. Even if the money is high, there's a ton of value in that. And the Brewers desperately need some things, something at the very least, ideally more than one thing. But if Yelich is that one thing that, keeps the fan base happy and gives us something to be excited about. They they need that right now because they've had some they've had some missteps in the last year, mostly just stemming from the Josh Hader trade and the Corbin Burns arbitration thing. We need something to to make Brewers fans happy because there have been so many things to bum out Brewers fans the last 12 months or so. Finally, we have something happy. I don't want to trade that away. 608-321-1670. That's the number to call. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We're going to come back in five minutes. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Don't go anywhere. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's the Bill Michael Show. How are we looking? Thanks for listening. Bill's on vacation this week. He'll be back Monday. Get to comment about Brewers Reds this weekend. God, I need the Brewers back in the worst way. Miss this stupid team so, so much. I need to get back to biting my fingernails off watching Jesse Winker hit. Watching, well, I guess we lost Matt Bush, actually. I was going to say I even missed Matt Bush, but come on, that's not, <laughs> that's not true. You're not, you're not going to believe me when I tell you that. Nobody misses Matt Bush. I'm on Twitter. At Wisco Grant, we're now less than an hour away from speaking with Eric Eager, our friend from Sumer Sports, who's been on with Bill before. He comes on my show all the time uh, because he's Midwestern and he doesn't know how to say no. So I ask him a good amount. We'll talk Packers and NFC. Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show, or I'm seeing quotes about him saying things on the Pat McAfee show. I couldn't find any clips. So maybe Pat McAfee's Twitter account, maybe they're just taking it easy today. Maybe if they spent more time posting clips and less time blocking good-hearted, uh, quality Wisconsin radio hosts like myself, maybe they would you know, 
Maybe they'd post some clips. Maybe they'd be on top of it, but they seem to be a little distracted. The quote I saw, quote, it's been a dream. I've just been pinching myself every day. Aaron Rodgers says about being in New York. I'm happy for Aaron Rodgers. He was never going to be uh, refreshed, uh, motivated, rejuvenated. We were never going to get this version of Rodgers in Green Bay again. So if we get to the season this fall and Aaron Rodgers is lighting it up, he looks awesome. He looks motivated. He looks like he's playing with an extra level of competition. That's great. And that's great for Rodgers. That's great for the Jets. I'm here to tell you it was never going to happen in Green Bay. If Rodgers plays like an MVP this fall, it will be because, in part, to the, he's in a new place. He's in a new city. He's with new teammates. And he's fired up. And he's excited. And he's motivated. And he was never going to be fired up and rejuvenated and motivated in Green Bay again. We were not going to get this version of Rodgers. Now, Rodgers and the Jets could also suck this fall. Right, I, I don't really know where I stand about the Jets. I feel like I got to ask Eric coming up because the Jets are just too interesting not to talk about. I'm happy that Rodgers is in a new situation and he's got new challenges and he's learning new things and meeting new people. That's exciting. I saw a quote about Rodgers today from NFL notifications on Twitter. They got a blue check mark, so that means it's legit. You can feel my... uh eyes roll. If you couldn't hear it through the mic, just know it was a very thick eye roll. Here, I'll do it again. You feel that? Sources close to the Jets tell us that quarterback Aaron Rodgers is, quote, pissed they were selected to appear on hard knocks. The team has a lot of work to integrate, or the team has a lot of work to integrate the future Hall of Famer into the offense, and he would prefer to, quote, limit the distractions. I'll defend Rodgers. I don't think he said any of that. I think that's a load of crap. I don't think that's true. Now, mostly because it's coming from NFL notifications, uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a reliable source, as Cardi B once said in her song "Bodak Yellow," award-winning song. It's not a reliable source. I don't think this is a reliable. I don't think. Th- I think this is fake. I don't think this is real because I don't think Rodgers is going to be anti-hard knocks. You can say a lot of things. You can cast all the aspersions on Rodgers that you want. I don't think Rodgers has a bad attitude about getting to do things. He was the one guy last summer who was actually excited to go to London. He was the one guy who looked at that as a positive and as something exciting and not, oh, what a drag, what a pain in the butt. I have a hard time believing now that New York Rodgers, big city Rodgers that's loving life every day and, and enjoying every second of it, I have a pretty hard time believing that that Rodgers, who is excited to go to Europe and excited about this and that, you're telling me he's pissed about hard knocks? Come on. We were talking about this yesterday when when Stone Cold intern Austin was on the show. And we were talking about the Jets being selected for hard knocks. I think Rodgers will probably love this. I think he'll have a blast with it. He'll probably be like, I've never never had a chance to do this in Green Bay. Never had a chance to, to be a part of hard knocks before. I think he'll be all about it. I think he'll embrace it and enjoy it. His coaches probably won't. Just because I don't think there is an upside to a head coach having his entire training camp be put on HBO. I don't think there's an upside to that. There's a lot of downside, right? I think you can make a fool of yourself on hard knocks. I don't think that the Jets can come out ahead and be in any better spot because of hard knocks. Now, they could be in the same spot, but but that's that's what we call a no-win situation. It's a lose-only situation, right? It's like we always say, well, you can't win the division in April, but you, <laughs> you can sure as heck lose it, right? We say that all the time. You can't look great on hard knocks, but you can look bad. You can look really bad. And if there's any dysfunction with Robert Sala and the way that he coaches or Nathaniel Hackett, who people are obviously going to be skeptical about after what we saw in Denver last year, 
I know he was a really good coordinator with the Packers, but they had MVP Aaron Rodgers. Not the hardest coordinator job in the world. Make Rodgers laugh, play darts, which is what we learned after the fact. Rodgers and Hackett, they got a kick out of each other. They played darts together. I'm not saying that's the only reason, the only thing that, that Hackett was good at, but I've heard that time and time again. There's questions about the Jets and their coaches and everything they got going on, and now we're going to stick cameras in all that? I think Rodgers is the least of the Jets' worries. I think Rodgers is going to be excited and interested and involved, and he'll probably want to meet all the the producers' names and and be friendly with the camera people because that's the kind of personality that he is. That's what he does. That's that's the the attitude and the approach he took to that London trip last year. Rodgers is a lot of things, but he is not a cynic. He's very open-minded. He gets excited about new things, new experiences, and to him, hard knocks is something new, and I... That's why I don't buy this idea that Rodgers is pissed that Hard Knocks is going to be in Green Bay. He should have known that Hard Knocks is going to be in New York the second he signed that contract. And yeah, I meant New York. I said Green Bay. He should have been expecting this for months. Rodgers is not a dope. I think he knew this was coming. I think he's probably excited about it. Excited to experience something new. And anyone who says Rodgers is pissed and he wants to limit distractions. Look, when has Rodgers ever wanted to limit distractions the last couple of years? Come on now. I'm not buying into that for a sec. 608 321 1670. If you'd like to call the show, I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. It's the Bill Michaels show, and we'll be back in three minutes. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Looking for a hot ride this summer? Find yours this July at Pottawatomie. You could win your share of 400000 in cash and prizes or rumble all summer long in one of four brand-new Harley-Davidson motorcycles. It's the Hot Ride Motorcycle Giveaway this July, only at Pottawatomie Casino Hotel, Milwaukee. Visit PaysBig.com slash Hot Ride for more details. Must be 21 and a club member to play. Welcome to Paula. Hi. It's come to my attention. I need new windows. You do? Hey, sweetie, what's this? My art project. Honey, it's rotten. We need to toss it. Then why do we have to keep our rotten windows, Dad? Well, you came to the right place. Pell has a limited lifetime warranty on our wood windows, so this doesn't happen again. Thank you. Visit PellaWI.com today. It's the Bill Michaels Show. My name is Grant Bills, filling in for Bill this week. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you want to argue about anything. It's my favorite thing to do on Twitter. I know they started threads and everyone's talking about, oh, it's positive. The internet's not supposed to be positive. Come on, we're supposed to be miserable and we're supposed to argue about dumb things. That's what the internet is for. Saw this quote on the internet of Aaron Rodgers saying he's pissed about hard knocks being in the Jets training camp, soon to be in the Jets training camp. I think their camp starts August 19th. That's what the research department told me yesterday. And by research department, I mean, that's what I saw when I Googled it. This is what I'm reading. The team has a lot of work to integrate the future Hall of Famer into the offense, and he would prefer, quote, to limit the distractions. I don't think this is real. I don't, that doesn't sound like Rodgers to me. 
And I, it's not even a negative thing. I'm not saying, well, when does Rogers ever want to limit distractions? He loves distractions, thrives on distractions. This guy's a bastard, a bastard man. No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. This is anti-Rogers. This is pro. Pro-Rogers. Rogers has a really good attitude about a lot of things. And we got frustrated with Rogers last year, I think, in part because the Packers were losing. And I think the Packers, you know, <laughs> they, they were content to put up with Rogers when the team was winning. The second... The moment that that team started losing and Rodgers wasn't playing awesome football, yeah, that's it. We're done. We're moving off of him. But what if he gets it back next year? What if he gets healthy? No, no, I think we're, I think we're done here, said Brian Gutekunst. And I think a lot of Packers fans, too. The second that Rodgers' play started to tail off a little bit and the team wasn't winning, we're done here. Thank you. We're moving on. You know, Say all the negative things about Rodgers that you want. And we said lots of negative things the last couple of years. I will never say that Rodgers doesn't have an open mind and patience with the media, with interviewers, with fans who want to hear from him. He's very open. He's got all the time in the world to talk to reporters and to go on shows. Well, Grant, that's because he doesn't hang out with his family. Hey, you said it, not me. I Again, I'm focusing on the good stuff here. Rodgers, I don't think he's anti-hard knocks. I think he's probably one of the few people in that locker room that's excited about it. I think the coaches are all, you know, coaches are. Ugh, a stupid camera crew in my locker room, which I agree. That would annoy me if I was a coach. I wouldn't want cameras bumming around. That'd be a distraction, 100%. But I think that Rodgers is probably going to approach hard knocks very similarly to the way he approached the European trip last year. He was the one person who spoke to the media and was actually excited to go to Europe. Matt LaFleur could not have been more miserable about it. God, he was annoying. It was so obnoxious. It was like Craig Council before the team's about to go on a three-team, three-city road trip, no bye days. Craig Council would be like, yeah, I mean, we got, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but we got, you know, three cities in a row here, road trip. I think we got 19 games in 20 days, so we're going to have to play our best baseball. All hands on deck. It's like, geez, don't sound so excited, Craig. And I love Craig Council, so I'm not bad. Craig Council is my favorite person maybe in Wisconsin sports. I think he's the best manager in baseball. But even the people who are the best at what they do occasionally will do something to get under your skin. And I think Craig Council, it's like, could you at least pretend that you're not really pissed off that you got to go to San Francisco and Houston and Seattle and and you don't have any bye days? I I get it. I get it's frustrating. Complaining about it's not going to make it any better. I think I told this story on... Bill's show last week, or maybe it was my show. It all starts to run together. Uh, I had a roommate in college. Anytime I would complain about something or bitch about something, he'd always say, oh, I hear if you cry about it, it'll get better. <laughs> like Craig Council saying, oh, I got three city road trip here, 19 days, 18 games, bullpen's overworked. I'm, we're going to have to figure it out. Hey, Craig, I hear if you cry about it, it'll get better. <laughs> like that's always what I want to say. And with Matt LaFleur last year when they were going to Europe, Oh, I, uh, there weren't enough sleeping pods on my plane. Oh, sorry. Was the, the 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 plane wasn't nice enough? Your private charter plane that's taking you to play in a new stadium in Europe, it's not nice enough. You're telling me? Oh, what a prison! A prison of gold bars, Matt Lafleur. Let's let's be correct here. There weren't enough sleeping pods. I don't know. Then get some Nintendo DSs. Get something to entertain your players. They can do Picto Chat and play Mario Kart. It'll be fun. They're a bunch of dudes. Just just get them some get them some gaming consoles. Oh, not enough sleeping pods. And I'm, I, am, I am sympathetic to the people who try to rest when they're driving uh, or riding, I should say. Don't sleep when you're driving a car. That's bad. But when you're road tripping in a car, I can't sleep in a car. 
I'm not I'm not wired that way. I can't sleep on a plane. The last time I flew, oh my god. I feel like a stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedian doing a bit about uh flying. That's real original. That's real new. But the last time I flew, I was coming back from San Diego in April and the flight took off at six, which I think is the earliest that Delta flies. I think there are a lot of airlines that go like round the clock. You can take red eyes and, and Delta. It always seems when I'm booking flights, at least on my, uh, I'm not flying charter here. It's just, you know, commercial. So maybe it's different for your situation, but I had to, I had to fly the 6am. So we're up at three 30 or at the airport at four 15. And I was in Phoenix and it was the morning after Taylor Swift started her eras tour in Glendale. So everyone had sparkly pink cowboy hats on and the shirts. And I'm like, this is too early. I don't want to be dealing with this. You just wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt, dress for comfort, and just look pissed off like everyone else, please. And I go, oh, she opened with Cruel Summer. That's fine. I'm trying to get through security. Please pipe down, okay? And I got on the plane, 6 o'clock flight. I'm like, okay, I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm just going to just 20 minutes at least to start the flight where I'm going to sit here. Maybe I won't fall asleep. But I'll close my eyes and I'll kind of zone out. Oh, no. The guy next to me in the in the window seat, he'd never seen clouds before. So that window had to be open. And the flight attendants, and I'm sympathetic to the modern-day flight attendant. Because back in the day, it was a glamorous job. And these days, it's like no one wants to deal with the flight attendant. No one wants to listen to their spiel. I get it. I don't need sun chips at 6.05 in the morning. Okay? I Just give me, give me 10 minutes to close my eyes. So I am sympathetic to the traveler that's trying to get rest and can't. But don't complain to me about a lack of sleeping pods on the plane. Matt LaFleur. And likewise, Aaron Rodgers, he had a great attitude about going to London. I'll never forget it. I will never forget Aaron Rodgers being the one positive. He wasn't old and complaining like Matt LaFleur. He wasn't sour grapes like Rasul Douglas. He was genuinely excited. And that's why I don't buy for a second that Rodgers is pissed about hard knocks. I think he'll enjoy it. I think he'll embrace it. Like he's embracing everything in New York. I don't know if it'll translate to wins, but I think Rodgers is living his best life. And for that, I am happy. Happy for the guy. Even if I can't watch him on the Pat McAfee show. Because they blocked me for making Josh Hader jokes. I don't want to live in a world where we can't make Josh Hader jokes. That's no world I want to be a part of. Eric Eager coming up this hour. We'll talk a little more about the Brewers, Major League Baseball. Buy or sell at the trade deadline. Not the segment. Austin isn't here. But we can talk buyers or sellers at the deadline. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. Next. 